0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for as well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good, clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day, as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try if you're trying to lower your blood pressure you're trying to lower your cholesterol you're trying to get your blood sugar down try to do pure plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel these are organic meals they are gluten free if you need them to be they can be dairy free they are soy free you're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives Everyone always asks me where I get my meat from, and given that I really eat meat on a daily basis, um, typically beef primarily, uh, my meat is very important to me. I have an autoimmune condition, and I want grain-free, corn-free meat, and I just haven't found the confidence in stores in knowing that I'm getting 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef. And I have searched and searched and searched for the right farm, and I have found the farm. It's fedfromthefarm.com. Fed, F E D, from the farm.com. These Hi, everybody. I'm sad to say it's our last meeting. I've really enjoyed meeting with you guys. Uh, I really hope that you have been blessed by this experience and that this information will last you for a lifetime and really just help you to stay healthy. We will not delete uh, this group, so you'll have these messages forever, as long as Facebook exists. Uh, And uh, we do have a new program starting on the 9th, And as I've mentioned in weeks prior, if you would like to continue, we have had several people do this multiple times. If you'd like to continue, uh, we only charge $85 per month for a repeat uh, person. So um, I'd love to have you join our next group and we will have some new modules and some new data in it. And then some of it obviously will obviously be repeat. Uh, So if you are interested and would like to join us for the next round, please let us know. We'd like to get you signed up, and the next round will start on the 9th. Um, But again, thank you so much for participating and being part of this. It's been my pleasure to to be here um, instructing you and just getting you some new information. I want to use today to be—I want to give you some recipes uh, to kind of get you through Christmas, Um, but I also want to use today to be a little bit of a summarization— on a very important topic, which is inflammation. And if you notice, you know, for the past seven months that we've been talking basically, I mean, the continue, the continued topic has been inflammation and, and just understanding how to control inflammation and how food has played such a, a, a key role in controlling inflammation. Um, so I want to talk to you about Uh, an anti-inflammatory diet, which is what I've been talking to you about this entire time. But some of the key points to being on an anti-inflammatory diet are going to be choosing organic foods. Okay, so first and foremost, I'm going to go through a list for you. Choosing organic foods are going to help you because they're going to be free from pesticides. And so when you're trying to lessen inflammation in your body, you want to be decreasing pesticides, heavy metals, toxins. Your toxic load, we want to reduce it as much as humanly possible. Number one way to do that is by going organic. And a lot of times people will say, well, I can't afford to buy everything organic. I understand, um, but there are a lot of options nowadays. I mean, there's Aldi. Aldi sells several several different items that are organic. There's Costco. Costco has several items that are organic now. Um, I mean, Amazon owns Whole Foods now. So if you're a Prime member... When you go up to the register, there are a lot of discounts that you can get from there. So I would just try your hardest um, to make organic choices whenever possible. Um, Second way to remain on an anti-inflammatory diet is by making sure that you include lots of good, healthy fats in your diet. So we've talked about fats specifically, um, but that's going to include Olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, flaxseed oil, chia seeds, um, fish oil, uh, avocado, nuts, pumpkin seeds. Those are all your good healthy fat sources. And those healthy fat sources are what come in and they help you to sustain your blood sugar. So they keep you from getting super hungry. Um, they kind of help to balance your blood sugar, which ultimately will balance your mood, but really works towards energy stabilization. So making sure that you get good, healthy fats, not the bad fats, but the good, healthy fats is going to be important uh, to being able to remain on an anti-inflammatory diet. Low glycemic carbohydrates. That's going to be things like... Um, Broccoli, cauliflower, green beans, carrots, um, spinach, mushrooms, tomatoes, peppers, onions, asparagus, yellow squash, zucchini. Those are all very low glycemic carbohydrates. And then you could do things like strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, cherries. Those are all very low glycemic uh, fruits. Um, and not to not to make fruit a bad thing, but the higher sugar fruits definitely can be of concern um, because they definitely can cause uh, insulin responses which ultimately can increase your inflammation. Um, The next thing would be non-starchy veggies. So just all those low-glycemic carbs that I just mentioned, those are all non-starchy veggies. So remember that things like sweet potatoes, butternut squash, beets... um, potatoes peas corn these are all very starchy vegetables so although they're vegetables which is great they're still very starchy vegetables and it ultimately um, can just blow your blood sugar up the same way that sort of starchier or higher fructose fruits can as well so that would be things like bananas oranges grapes apples Those are your higher fructose fruits. So trying to stay in that lower spectrum is very important. Um, Another item that's of importance for an anti-inflammatory diet would be clean sources of protein. Oh my goodness, this is so important. Um, If you're not having pasture-raised eggs, um, organic eggs, uh, then you're getting eggs that are high- and arachidonic acid. And that is the difference between getting a quality egg and a non-quality egg. And if you Google dangers of arachidonic acid, it is all inflammatory markers increase from having too much of it. It's high in omega-6. Now, if you're getting non-grass-fed beef, you are getting a diet that is high in omega-6 fatty acids. If you're getting grass-finished beef or beef that says it is 100% grass-fed, then you're actually getting omega-3s, which are highly beneficial for you. So grass-finished beef, and I mean finished, there's no corn, no grains at all, that is actually anti-inflammatory, where non-grass-fed meat, because of its high omega-6 fatty acid content, that's actually pro-inflammatory. So you really got to be cautious with getting clean protein, wild-caught salmon, prefer- preferably over any type of farm-raised fish. You know, So just really kind of pay attention to the details and where you're getting those clean sources of protein from. Um, and then lastly would be Avoiding anything that's been pasteurized. So just really don't, don't take in things that have gone another step. If you're going to eat eggs, eat eggs. If you want egg whites, sep- crack and separate the egg. Don't get something that's been pasteurized. So avoid the whole pasteurization process whenever possible. And then finally, for an anti-inflammatory diet, staying hydrated is imperative it's just something that has to become part of your day. You will have headaches. You will have fatigue. You will have muscle, chronic muscle issues. Um, you will not go to the bathroom like you should. You will definitely experience digestive issues. You will have drier skin. There are so many things, muscle cramping, so many things that will come with I mean, not getting enough hydration. So please, 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 Please make sure you get enough water in. I always tell people a minimum of 75 ounces per day, but then maybe shooting for 90 ounces could have you really flushing toxins out of your system and have you feeling great. Now, what are anti-inflammatory foods? Those are all concepts to be able to stay on an anti-inflammatory diet. But what are specific foods that would be anti-inflammatory? Uh, Wild caught salmon, grass finished beef, 100% grass finished beef, flaxseed oil, olive oil, avocado oil, red cabbage, spinach, onion, which is high in Corserton and it's also high in sulfur, Um, strawberries, which are also high in both of those two items, ginger, turmeric, Those are all examples. Celery juice, those are all examples of anti-inflammatory foods. Those are foods that are actually going to help you to reduce inflammation. Now, there are foods that are pro-inflammatory, things like bacon, uh, any type of cured meat, any type of artificial sweetener, anything with dairy in it, anything with corn in it, anything with soy in it, anything with gluten in it. These are all pro-inflammatory foods. Peanuts, beans, those are pro-inflammatory foods. So there are certain foods that you can have that will actually reduce the toxic load in your body as well as reducing inflammation in your body. But then there's this whole series of foods that you could have that quite literally build inflammation. So if you're ever wondering why I'm so incredibly passionate about nutrition and food and why I can get on a platform and just get fired up about stuff and how it's just a non message for me, it's because I'm watching people create disease at the end of their fork with every bite that they take. And I'm frustrated because I feel like it's a tactic of the enemy. I feel like the enemy comes in like a flood and he ruins people's lives by getting them in the wrong balance of their nutrients and and basically allowing them to feel convinced that poison and moderation is acceptable. But all it is is poison in moderation. You're just moderately poisoning yourself. That will still create a disease. It may take a little longer for the disease to show up, but the disease is still coming because those foods create disease. Okay, So anything we can do to try to stay on the anti-inflammatory side that's going to keep us alive. That's going to extend our life. That's preventative medicine. And food is medicine first and foremost. First and foremost, what you bring in in your food and drink is what's really going to determine the direction that your health goes. Okay? Now, supplements that could benefit inflammation, anti-inflammatory supplements could would be fish oil. And the brand that I normally recommend for fish oil is orthomolecular. My doctor, Dr. Richard Bly, and it's Dr. Bly, B-L-I-G-H-M-D.com. He sells orthomolecular, and you do not have to be a patient to buy that from him. They have excellent fish oil. You could either go to his office off Ballast Road or you could have them ship it to you. So if you have questions, go out and take a look at drbly, B-L-I-G-H-M-D.com. I I would recommend him for the orthomolecular fish oil. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. So making sure that you're getting an EPA and a DHA combo would be most the most well-rounded approach to it. So just being careful with that. That would be the most anti-inflammatory approach to fish oil. You really have to make sure you get a quality fish oil. There are so many terrible fish oils out there. And you're basically getting a rancid fish. And it can honestly harm you more than it can help you. That particular brand, in my opinion, is the best brand that you could get. Now, O'Fallon Nutrition is going to have good brands as well, for sure. Um, But I definitely would recommend that Orthomolecular, which you cannot just randomly get on um, Amazon. It would be something that has to come through a practitioner. It does not need a prescription, but a practitioner must must sell it. And I can assure you that Dr. Bly would have it in case you guys are out of town. Uh, the next one would be curcumin, so that is a wonderful anti-inflammatory. And Dr. Blight also has a bergamot um, pill that you can take that is great uh, for helping to lower inflammation, and it's curcumin. Now, also, O'Fallon Nutrition would have excellent sources of curcumin. So, you know, definitely check out O'Fallon Nutrition for that as well. Just tell them that you listen to Debbie and she suggested, you know, that you take curcumin for um, as an anti-inflammatory benefit. Okay, then the uh, last two suggested for anti-inflammatory purposes. This isn't like the only vitamins that I would suggest taking. These are just very specifically for anti-inflammatory purposes, would be resveratrol and holy basil. Both of those will be great for lowering inflammation. Now, one thing that we've talked about already is frankincense oil. I always have a bottle of frankincense oil with me. And if I have, I get some chronic uh, neck pain in this area. Um, And if... If I am having issues, I'll put two to three drops of that, and then I'll just rub that all over my neck, just so that I can just get things, get that inflammation down. It's it's uh, also it's also called Boswellia complex, um, and I've even used that on my dogs. You know, when they're aging, you know, for for just pain relief. So. Uh, also, anti inflammatory would be frankincense. And I would actually just use that on your skin. I wouldn't just um, use frankincense for a, um, uh, oh gosh, what's that called? Um, where you put it in a, and then it comes up in the air, diffuser. I wouldn't just diffuse frankincense. I would actually use it very specifically on an inflamed area. So that's kind of my. Um, Anti-inflammatory, what specific things you need to target to be on an anti-inflammatory diet, what foods are more anti-inflammatory, and what supplements. I'm going to go through a quick review of that. Eating organic, um, making sure you get good healthy fats, low glycemic carbohydrates, non-starchy vegetables, clean protein sources, wild caught fish, organic and making sure things are organic but non-pasteurized, and staying hydrated on the regular. Those foods that would be considered anti-inflammatory, wild-caught salmon, flaxseed oil, olive oil, red cabbage, spinach, onions, uh, strawberries, uh, ginger, and turmeric. And finally, those supplements that would be considered anti-inflammatory. Fish oil, of which I like orthomolecular, a combo of DHA and EPA, curcumin, resveratrol, and holy basil. Those are all good, solid options. Again, remembering that grass-fed beef is actually high in omega-3, which will be anti-inflammatory, and... Grain-fed, corn-fed beef is actually high in omega-6, which is pro-inflammatory. Also remember that if you bring soy in, soy actually will, or any form of soybean, okay, will decrease EPA and DHA. So here you are taking your fish oil pill, and then here you are taking in soybeans edamame, soybean, just soybeans, um, soybean oil, soy lecithin, soy uh, uh, creamer, anything soy, you could be taking in a fish oil pill and then the soy could be coming in and just completely blocking the body's ability to build proper EPA and DHA levels, your fish oil. Okay, now what does that do? It allows you to stay more inflamed Even your brain won't function as well as it should. A lot of Alzheimer's patients are starting to see a lot of different um, results than years past because they're literally taking in higher doses of fish oil, EPA, and DHA. But if their food's laced with soybean you know, or any type of soy, then they're basically in a position where they're, they're negating it and they're just not, simply not getting that same benefit. Um, now, as far as the immune system is concerned, when you bring sugar in, one serving now, most people, when they're having sugar, they're not having a serving, right? So they're having a food that has like four servings in it or a drink with it that has, you know, one to two servings in it, okay? So ultimately, when you are taking in sugar, you are stunting the the, the white blood cells. You're putting them into a state of inactivity for up to six hours, After that one serving of sugar. Now what's scary is at the end of that six hours, a lot of people go right back into having more sugar. So they're constantly breaking down and beating down their white blood cells that's your immune system. That shows you right there. One of the best ways to fight infection is to not consume, to not over consume on sugar. Very, very important. One of the best ways to have a strong immune system, to not over consume on sugar. It is so important, guys, very important. And this is also things that convert to sugar. So, an excess of fruit, an excess of flour, an excess of crackers or or pasta or rice. You got to be careful with all of this. Now, a reminder on those healthy fats that flaxseed oil is actually high in ALA and as alpha-linolic acid. And so that is really going to protect you against cellular damage so that too comes in and really, really helps you um, to be able to increase your immune system productivity. Like it it really builds you from a cellular standpoint. So flaxseed oil, and I recommend that in smoothies every single day for people. So when you take an ALA, that too is the precursor to DHA and The EPA. So you're positioning yourself to better receive the fish oil when you're taking in flaxseed oil. So it's like this amazing combo. And when I do one on one nutrition with people, I very specifically help them to build a fatty acid profile in their day. Where they're legitimately getting all of these different series of different types of fatty acids in the day, so you know that way. Well, when you're having the flax, that's great. But when you're having the flax and you're having the fish oil, then the flax is going to help you to better receive what's in the fish oil. Okay. Then when you're having grass finished beef, you're getting those omega threes as well. So that's another way to build those omega threes. You see where I'm coming from. So I really build a harmony when I'm trying to advise. On exactly what that they exactly what they should have. I heard this from a doctor in my certification the other day. He said genetics loads the gun, but environment pulls the trigger. You are in control of your environment in most cases. Okay, I mean there have been times in my life where I have lived in uh, very negative environments, and they were not healthy for my body, and. It wasn't by choice. I was, I, I hadn't, I was stuck. You know, I was very stuck, and it was damaging. And I do feel that it damaged my health in a lot of ways. I'm rebuilding it to the best of my ability. However, what if I had the life that I have now—a beautiful home, a relationship, a child, amazing dogs—I run my own business. But then I kept pushing my genetics to the edge. And I kept, I kept setting myself up for failure because I keep putting myself into a negative environment. Maybe I end up going into a smoky bar a couple times a week. Um, maybe I end up positioning myself to where I warm up all my food in plastic instead of glass. So I'm getting a lot of bad estrogens in my food. Um, maybe I continue to go through Starbucks, which I haven't been to in 20 years, but or 10 years, but... Um, maybe I continue to go through and order a caramel macchiato, even though my food's perfect, but I just think, well, I can go ahead and still have that poison, that toxic load every single day. Uh, Maybe I overconsume on sugar every single weekend. This is how you being in control of your environment is screwing up your health, all right? So the reality is you might have genetics for high blood pressure. You might have genetics for high blood sugar, but likely that's just because your parents ate the same way you're eating. They had too much sugar, had too much alcohol. They ate too much corn. They ate too much bacon, you know. And so they're creating the genetics. They cre- they're creating the genetic pattern. You don't always get born with a genetic defect. Now some of us do. Some people get born with a heart defect. Some people only get born with one kidney. That is truly a genetic. Imposition, right? So you're, you're basically dealing with something that you have no control over. All right. But the reality is, is that our environment and the choices that we make every day are what are setting our genetics up to be complete failures. And then we're setting our kids genetics up to be complete failures. Think about that, guys. Just really let that sink in and really just think about that. This other quote uh, from actually the same exact doctor was in the in anything that increases shelf life means a decrease to your life. So a decrease to your shelf life if you're increasing the shelf life of a product. I think that's a pretty phenomenal message. Um, So again, just in summary, all of those items are targeted items to be able to help you to stay on an anti-inflammatory diet. Remember, as I've discussed many times in the past, what we're wanting to do is keep your blood sugar as balanced as humanly possible all throughout the day. And one of the very best ways to do that is to look at your plate and say, where is my protein, where is my fat, and where are my carbs? My fat and my protein are slowing down the absorption of the sugar in my carbs. Oh, what are my carbs? Well, if they're lower glycemic, they're non-starchy, We still need the fat, we still need the protein, but we don't have to worry about having as extreme of an insulin spike. You know, even some of those fruits and vegetables that I mentioned earlier, they're still going to prompt you to have an insulin spike. And when you're having insulin spikes, you're creating inflammation in your body. All right. So let's get to a point to where we have some blood sugar control. Making sure that we have a balanced palate when we look at your plate, that's going to improve energy regulation, so many things, but mostly it's just going to reduce inflammation. Um, As far as uh, anyone that has great information out there that's very specifically targeted to an anti-inflammatory diet, none that I really know of that's just for an anti-inflammatory diet. I do, however, like the book Happy Gut. That's a great book. Um, I do also like Maria Emmerich. She's a good person to follow. I like Dr. Mark Hyman, which I've already told you about, and Dr. Mercola. I like Dr. David Perlmutter. All of these are good doctors to follow. These are also doctors that I've learned from in my certification. All of them have an anti-inflammatory Um, practice, basically. Um, I like Dr. Daniel Amen. He talks about brain inflammation. Um, And then I like Dr. Josh Axe. He sells a lot of products and he's very good about making those products anti-inflammatory. His products are ancient nutrition products of which I've recommended um, to many of my clients over the years. Now, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, Christmas I'm just trying to get a little bit of an understanding of how you can make it through Christmas and not totally blow it, you know, and still stay in a position to where you're you're on track. You don't have to gain a lot of weight. Just like we talked about with Thanksgiving, there's ways of making these meals so that they taste delicious and that you're not feeling like you're uh, being hit with such a considerable sacrifice, So ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, where do you want to be at the end of Christmas? Do you want to be uh, with a stomachache? Do you want to be with a headache? Do you want to be with regret? Do you want to feel shame? Or do you want to feel fantastic? Because you took control and you still got to eat foods that you really enjoyed. So just watch it, guys. Really watch your choices. Really... Get knee deep and try to come up with some more creative choices. Now, what I typically make uh, for Christmas is a roast. Um, I really like to do a roast in my crock pot. And sometimes I'll just do bone broth and that's it. And sometimes I'll put some onion in there, but I'll just do bone broth and then I'll just shred it. And then I'll add a bunch of seasoning to it. You know, and it's all just taste preference. I love adding fresh herbs because fresh herbs are so fragrant and they really, really can make a difference in the way something tastes. Something like thyme, uh, rosemary is strong. um, Chives are phenomenal. Um, uh, a little bit of um, uh, sage, uh, especially if it's poultry, um, but fresh parsley, that's a great way to get uh, some extra potassium as well. So ultimately seasoning it. Now I posted, which we will share in the group as well, I posted a um, Christmas roast recipe and that is like a tomato based one. And whoa, is it good. It is really good. I mean, you definitely have to like tomatoes, um, but it is a tomato base. Um, it has a little bit of a kick to it. It's nothing like hyper spicy or anything, um, but it does have a little bit of a kick to it. If you struggle at finding a no sugar added chili sauce, then just go out to, to, to uh, Pinterest and just type in no sugar added chili sauce. It's the easiest thing in the world to make. Or you can just type in chili sauce and then just remove the sugar and add stevia instead of the sugar. So that's a perfectly fine option as well. Excuse me. Now, the next thing that... So that's usually my meat source, okay? Now, sometimes I'll get, um, you know, like maybe a couple of pieces of salmon uh, if I'm having a lot of people over and I'll, I'll usually do that at a place like the smokehouse where they have it already cooked. And I'll just set that out just in case someone just wants like a variable. Another thing I'll do is go to bandanas and I'll get a couple of pounds of their smoked chicken wings just kind of a fun option for something different. They don't put sauce on them. So I just do their smoked chicken wings and have that available for people. I don't eat chicken, but, uh, but for people that are there in case they don't want to just have roast. It kind of gives a little bit of flexibility to it. Another thing would be truly just to get a rotisserie chicken and to kind of dress it up I slice the legs off, I take the thighs off, I cut the two breasts out, and then I diagonal slice the breasts and I just kind of arrange them around a platter, you know, just to make it look... Uh, a little bit more attractive and then I put more of that fresh parsley you know in it and like on top of the on top of the chicken just to spice it up a little bit with a little bit of salt and pepper so there's some ways that you could have it another thing that would be good would be picking up the brisket with no uh, barbecue sauce from the smokehouse you can get that by the pound um, picking up pounds of smoked turkey or pulled chicken or beef from bandanas, you can buy that by the pound. So that would be an option as well. Um, if So from a vegetable standpoint, I always roast carrots and that recipe for that is out there. But I, I peel the carrot, which is the most time consuming process, and my husband helps me do it. And God love him for that. And then I put parchment paper down. I roll the carrots all in olive oil, and then I roll them in stevia, salt, and pepper, and that's it. I put like three sheet cake pans in my two ovens, and I put them on convection. So if you have convection, I'd use convection because it just, that air circulating kind of gives it just a, almost like a crunch or a crust. So I do it, I do, I put it on that. I put it on, I use a, a avocado oil because I like to put it on 375, but if you wanted olive oil, just put it on 325 um, and then or lower, and then I will do um, like maybe 30 minutes where I cook them that way, and then I get back in there, pull them out on the, on the side, I put a little more oil, and then I roll them in that a little bit, and then I put them in for another 15 to 20 minutes. And it sort of caramelizes on one side, and it's delicious. And then I take them out, put them on a big platter, and I salt and pepper them again one more time. I've been known to even add a little bit more stevia over them. You do not have to add the stevia. It's just something that I really enjoy. Now, another she cake pan recipe that I do is asparagus. And what I do with the asparagus is I cut off the end. Nobody likes the very bottom. So I always cut off at least that much from the bottom of it. Then I cut the asparagus in three pieces. So it's that size of a piece. But I cut three pieces of the asparagus spear. Roll it all over a sheet cake pan. Then I chop up some red onion with it. And then I take grape tomatoes and I slice them in half. And I roll those all around with my oil. Now I like to use olive oil with this, so I only cook it at 325. Um, I just like the fragrance and the taste of the olive oil. And then I salt and pepper all that, and then I bake it. Now, I normally bake it for 20 minutes. I get things moving around. Um, I, I don't want the tomatoes to be watery. I almost want things to get a little bit saucy. Um, so I usually go maybe another 10 to 20 more minutes. It just depends on how they're doing. And I just throw all that in a really big bowl. The carrots I like to leave even because I, I like for them to be able to stay uh, well seasoned and well oiled because each carrot tastes great if they do. Um, and then just so you know, you could roast baby carrots that same exact way just by throwing them all over a sheet cake pan and doing the same exact thing. The bigger carrots are so yummy, though, when they're roasted. It's like a dessert. Um, So anyways, that asparagus combo is just delicious. It's just another way of having asparagus. Just kind of get creative. Um, And then I like to do a mushroom cauliflower rice risotto. This takes patience. It is not a hard recipe. The only reason it takes patience is because the longer you cook those mushrooms down, you put them in a little beef broth. And some oil, and you cook them down, the better they're going to taste. I mean, sincerely, the better they're going to taste. So what I'll do is get a little skillet, and I'll start sauteing onion in that. And then I'll get my uh, mushrooms, which I cook uncovered, and I'm just constantly moving them around. A little bit of bone broth, I mean, just a little, and then the, the olive oil. And then I just keep them moving, keep them moving, keep them browning, keep them sauteing. And then at the end, I pour that onion all over that. Now, in my iron skillet, I've got plenty of avocado oil. I like to go a little higher heat on this, so I use avocado oil for this. And then I will, the night before, have thawed out two to four bags of rice cauliflower. So I pour all that into my skillet, and then I just keep moving it, keep trying to brown it. You know, it takes a little while, but it's thawed, so that helps. But I just keep trying to brown it. And then at the very end, I add all of that together, mix it all in. Add a couple more dashes of the bone broth, a little bit more salt and pepper. I put it in my oven at about 325 convection so that I could get the, the very top tips of it just browned and kind of crispy. And then there you go. You got your mushroom cauliflower rice risotto and it is phenomenal. Now, I do like to put some fresh herbs on that. And I personally like to add a couple dashes of hot sauce to that just to get a little bit of a kick. You may or may not want to add that. I just like to personally throw that in there. Now, as a nice little healthy um, dessert option, I like to take apples and slice them. And in one skillet, I start sauteing apples. And I just use olive oil, but avocado oil doesn't have a taste. So, you know, I put it in there. I add some stevia. I add some cinnamon to that skillet. Get that sauteing down. Then in my other skillet, I have either chopped walnuts or chopped pecans and oil. And I also have cinnamon and stevia I've mixed together. And I've now poured that all over those nuts. And I'm browning sugar, cinnamon. It's not sugar, but it's stevia. Stevia, cinnamon, nuts. And so as soon as those apples are done, I'll put them in a little dessert bowl. I'll throw the crunchy nuts on top. And I get some of that cocoa whip whipped cream and I put a dollop of that cocoa whip whipped cream and my family loves that. They just think that's so good. And then for Thanksgiving, I had a cranberry recipe that was delicious with those nuts on top as well. That's out on my page at Instagram or Facebook. And then we're gonna we're gonna also tomorrow, I'm sorry, not tomorrow, Monday. Post to post with all of my rep, my Christmas recipes sort of combined together. Um, I do also have a um, strawberry. Uh, uh, I forget what it was. It's like a cucumber strawberry salad. That's really good. It's like a vinegar-based salad. And then remember, cooked cabbage is also amazing. That's very filling. It kind of makes you feel like you, if you strip it out, it makes you feel like you're eating noodles. And I just cook that down in oil. I put a little Dijon mustard. I put a little salt and pepper, a little hot sauce. I just let it cook down in my saucepan or let it cook down in my soup pot. So I hope that that gives you guys lots of ideas of just ways that you could be creative um, with your uh, Christmas and that you don't have to put a bunch of poisonous ingredients in. If you're thinking green bean casserole again, just go back to my page for Thanksgiving. Instagram would be the easiest way. Or go back to our page because we posted all of those uh, Thanksgiving recipes on our group page. And again, those are all going to stay out there forever, uh, so you can always go back to those. Now, I figure for our final session, we should read out of the Jocko Willink book. And after all these months, if you have not bought the book, Discipline Equals Freedom, please go out and buy that book. It is so, 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 so good. You really, really will appreciate having this book, okay? Now, this one is called Begin, It says this is where it begins in the darkness before the sun and the birds and the world. Every day when the alarm sounds, it is time rise despite fatigue and soreness. Curse the warmth of that bed. Curse the comfort of that pillow. Fight the temptation of weakness. Get up and go. Do it quickly without thought. Do not reason with weakness. You cannot. You must only take action. Get up and go. Jocko is one of those guys that gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day and he gets his workout in first thing in the morning. I'm not saying that you have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to be successful. Some people, it actually makes them more fatigued and it kind of makes them feel more tired and can lead to them feeling more sick. However, I will say that if you get up, and you get going right away, and I make my cardio a priority first thing in the morning, so I can do it fast. And you're just going to access stored body fat so much more efficiently that way. But if you can get up early and get going, get 30 minute, a 30 minute ahead, you know you will not be anywhere near as anxious as if you don't. Okay. So the second one is called engage. It says engage. Weakness is strong. I must be stronger. I must crush it into submission through force of will. So I savage the body. I push and pull and fight against gravity. I fight against fatigue and soreness and the weakness that says give in. I will not give in. I will fight. I like that it says uh, I I I push and pull and fight against gravity. I fight against fatigue and soreness and the weakness that says give in. I refuse to give in to fatigue. I came home last night, and my husband was the most interesting thing. There was this dog that they, they had as a uh, uh, rescue over at the Yuppie Puppy, and I really love Jess that owns that place. She has a great heart for dogs, and it looks just like Amber. Well, the owner died, and it was an older owner, and the dog was just attached to that lady's hip. And the dog is six. The owner passed away, and um, it just it just broke my heart. And as soon as I saw a picture of that dog, I just I wanted that dog. And I'm I am a very very like dog loving person. Like I could have a farm of them, but I just see. Inside a dog's heart, I can see if a dog is wild. I can see if a dog is mean. I can see if a dog is loving and kind. And I can see when a dog is hurting. And I mean, it makes me want to cry just talking about it. But when I saw the picture when that dog first got to Yuppie Puppy, you just saw the hurt in that dog's eyes. He misses his mom so much. He doesn't know what's going on. He's scared to death. And so a week and a half ago, I asked John. Uh, I said, you know, boy, if, if we could get another dog, this would be the dog I'd want to get. Or if your parents could get a dog, this would be a good dog because he needs a very loving home and he'll be a great dog if he just can get back into, and he can mourn the loss of his, his person, you know? And, um, John has a lot of issues with, um, well, depression and anxiety. So when he goes to bed, he really struggles with noises. He, he gets very anxious at times. And so he can get jumbled by all the tasks and, th- and things that c- or correspond with having dogs. And so uh, when I told him, he just said, I'm sorry, but I just don't know if I can handle taking on another dog. And I said, I completely understand. I never would have asked for it because, you know, I know that I'm not a normal person to be able to live with the amount of dogs that I live with. I said, but I just feel like it's part of something that God's called me to do is just to take care of these little babies and I treat them like they're my family and uh, I, I literally make them real food every day. Uh, they have hamburger and turkey in their food. They have green beans in their food. I take them to chiropractors. I give them supplements every single day. I, I treat them. Most people say that when they die, they want to come back as my dog. Uh, it's a very common comment. But so... I'll be honest. I was a little heartbroken when he said that, and so I, I, uh, I felt a few tears from it, you know. But I felt like God gave me John, and that I had to honor, you know, something that would be um, a weakness in him, and so I wasn't going to bring it up, you know, anymore. And so I, uh, I came home last night, and he said that he bought me this big piece of decor for our house which I was kind of frightened by, to be completely honest with you, because I love to decorate, but my husband doesn't love to decorate. And I, I like to think I have pretty good taste for decorating. My husband doesn't, and he'll be the first to admit that. So I was like, oh gosh, what did he buy me, and what am I going to come home to? And I'm going to have to act like I really love it. So I come home, and all of a sudden he says, I hope you really like it. And the next thing I know this big dog that's bigger than Amber looks just like Amber comes running at me and he had gotten me the dog and he had taken our dogs up there and made sure our dogs agreed and that nobody was fighting and nothing happened. You know, why am I telling you all this? Well, this dog is, is, is going to be a hard acclimation, right? So usually if I take on a new dog, I take, I take three days off. Um, you just need it. So you got to do it on your weekend because, You need to be home with them, you need to get them calmed down, and it's going to take at least 24 hours before they even calm enough to where you can even sleep. Well, John's really not had a lot of dogs, so he really wasn't thinking. He just wanted to get it for me as soon as possible. So I had to be at work today. I have a very first-time client at 10 a.m., and then I have you all, and then I have another first-time client in the afternoon, and then I celebrate Christmas with his mom and dad tonight. And so... I haven't gone to bed yet. I stayed up all night long because I knew he needed to go to bed because he had a full work day today. That dog paced the floor all night long. He cried, and he whined, and then he'd come to me, and then I would cry because I could see how sad he was, but I would tell him how much it was going to be okay. I'd lay hands on him. I'd pray for him. I believed God that he would uh, acclimate and be okay, and I would I would claim scripture for him, um, and I didn't go to sleep. And so then John came downstairs and, and went to go to work, and he said, um, I only got four hours sleep, and I was like, oh, yeah, that that that's great. <laughs> I got four hours sleep. Why am I telling you all this? I wanted to throw in the towel today. I had every reason imaginable. Our gym flooded this morning. I had every reason imaginable to not go to work today to cancel my clients. I don't ever cancel clients. Today would have been the kind of day I could have canceled. I haven't slept. I could have come up with a reason why I couldn't do this message and tried to put it off until the week after Christmas or the week after that. I feel like I have a calling on my life. I feel like God is in everything I do. And I honestly, I know if I put off what needs to be done today until tomorrow that someone's going to miss a blessing, someone might miss a healing, someone might miss a breakthrough because I wasn't adhering to what I know God had called me to do. So I just got up and I just got, I just got ready, you know, and I just, I'm here, I'm doing my messages, I'm meeting my people, I'm going to do the Christmas tonight and I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to believe God that that dog is going to get some sleep tonight. (laughs) So if you all would stand in agreement with me on that, I would really appreciate it because I can tell you what, I'm definitely going to need some sleep. Otherwise I'm going to go to church tomorrow and they're going to think I look like I'm something from like a zombie uh, movie or something. But anyways, I pray that you all, have increased your faith through this program. I pray that you see how the enemy is out there ready and willing to use food as an idol and to bog you down and fog you up and to keep you from what God's called for your life. I pray that you see and understand how important the details are, how important the ingredients are, and don't let anyone convince you that poison in moderation is a good idea. It's still poison. You're slowly creating disease in your body. You're in control of your environment. There are creative, delicious ways to make food. You do not have to have plain food. You can do this, guys. I love each of you. God bless every single one of you with great favor, protection from the virus. I pray for financial increase. I pray that every single one of you has the strongest year yet that you've ever had, with filled with great health and vitality. I also pray that some of you will repeat this and go with go with us again for another 6 Uh, months because i think it's a good accountability for you i think it keeps your head in the game i think it keeps things on point for you and i'd really love to still be part of your life god bless you all so much it has truly been my great pleasure to share these messages with you thank you merry christmas you guys